Hello, this is Sarah from Heart of England Ayurveda. The theme I want to reflect upon with all you Ayurveda hearts in this podcast has the title, Be the Eye in the Centre of Your Wild Imaginings. Over the festive period and especially over the new year, a group of us worked intentionally with our imagination, dreaming our way into 2024 from our soul's longings. We held the resolve to inquire into what our life would look like if we were living in alignment with our soul's highest wishes for us. We decided in this dreaming and this imagining that we would be unrealistic, ready for and allowing, open to miracles. In yoga and Ayurveda, the understanding of reality is that it is unlimited, unbound, full of pure potentiality to create. And so the seemingly miraculous can happen, can be our reality. The reality of this whole existence is said to be without limit and we can perhaps see that when we look into its vastness, the vastness of the creation and the myriad of species within it. And think about the uniqueness of each being even within one species. Also reflect upon perhaps the notion that no pebble on a beach is the same as any other pebble. No snowflake can be identical to another. There is this unlimited capacity to create at the heart of this existence. And as in the macrocosm, so in the microcosm, which means that when we rest in the centre of our being and so in the truth of our own individual reality, we can access that same unlimited potential to create. We are unbounded there, unlimited in essence. And so we dreamed unlimited possibilities for ourselves. Our best, most soul-aligned days in 2024 are what we dreamed of at the start of the year. And now, two or three weeks into January, we all know that once we get back into the usual swing of things in our everyday lives, the auspiciousness and the promise of the new year can start to fade from our reach. And we perhaps painfully begin to witness the mind starting to run in those old, limiting and even reducing grooves, and the old behaviours and patterns reasserting themselves so that we find ourselves living maybe in the same old rut. Perhaps this is why yesterday, Monday, is said to be the time when many of us feel at our lowest and most despondent. The promise of the new is fading and the habits of the old mindset are becoming all too apparent. Yoga and Ayurveda invite us to hold a keen level of awareness in the midst of this return of these old patterns, these old ways. And we can support that with a daily meditation, a meditation within which we are reminded to rest in the vast, 
miraculous and wondrous truth of our being, that stillness, that dimension of being, which is without bound, which is without form. In such a meditation and the stillness and the expansiveness that it brings, we can rest in full awareness that that which is arising in front of us and passing through our minds is not who we are from the very fact that we can observe it. We can therefore objectify it and in this way we are separated from it. We practice thereby the yoga teaching of distinguishing the seer from the seen, the perceiver of thoughts, beliefs, feelings from the perceived, the thoughts, the feelings, the beliefs themselves. We can maybe perhaps more easily make that separation of seer and seen if, for example, we are walking in nature, observing the beauty around us. And I invite you to experiment with that as a walking meditation. I did it myself this morning. Coming to a stillness as you bring the mind into the moment, into where you are. And just look all around you, drinking in with your eyes the sights of nature, the objects of nature, the trees, the plants, the grasses, the stones, maybe the pathways where you're walking. It's quite easy to make the distinction in this kind of practice of seer, that's you, and the scene, that's these objects of nature arising before your eyes. More difficult is when it comes to experiencing the belief-driven thoughts and feelings passing through our minds and hearts with this same distinction. We tend to confuse the two, losing the capacity to distinguish seer from seen, identifying ourselves as the gamut of the mix and the medley of feelings, thoughts, beliefs, rushing through our mind at any point. But thoughts and feelings are objects. We can remember this, even when they seem strong and we feel we're very lost in them. There's always a part of us that is still aware that they are happening. That part of us is the seer, still alive, the one that is unlimited, um, unconstrained by the scene, by the form, by the object. Because we can observe them, we can see them, we can notice that they're happening, even if they're strong and feel like they're taking over us. The stronger the thoughts and feelings, in fact, and the more they're associated, perhaps, with familiar struggles and difficulties in our outer life, maybe the more we do get drawn into believing that this is who I am. I am just the sum of these thoughts and feelings because this is my strong experience of life, repetitive experience of life. And in this um, concluding, we forget that actually the thoughts, these feelings, these disturbing, limiting patterns are actually, in a way, just like viruses or bacteria which find some place within us to hook onto us, robbing us from that experience of who we are in reality, who we are in truth, unlimited grace, beauty, power, love, creativity. 
The daily work then for us is perhaps to remember even outside of our formal meditation practice that we are not the mind. We are always the watcher, the perceiver, the experiencer, just as we are in meditation. It's just that it takes perhaps even more um, resolve, more effort on our part, more focus within the ebb and flow of our everyday life. And an, a regular everyday meditation practice will give us more capacity to hold this distinction within our moving through the days of our life. We are not the mind and the practice then is not to buy into the lie of the mind which would tell us so much about ourselves and our life and the world at large that is not true. We might have drawn conclusions about ourselves and the world and our life from a painful limiting experience that happened at some time in the past and in order to keep our guard up, to protect, to defend, to maybe even justify our own misconceptions and the fruits of those misconceptions, we've clung to a belief as a protective um, medium. Yet the Yoga Sutras tell us clearly that future pain can be avoided and not in the way we think, not by believing the stories that our mind tells us but by living more and more in remembrance of who we are and in the truth of the unlimited reality of our nature and the unlimited nature of this existence of which we're a part. On this subject, I heard someone recently advise us not to run with our imagination. I liked this because I'd never thought of those troubling thoughts which seem so real and which seem to have so much substance and which often, so often give us, you know, a hard time, a difficult time. I'd never thought of them as imagination. But of course they are because they are not founded in reality. And so it's like just as we entered, this group of us entered the year intentionally imagining our imagination is actually constantly working through the thoughts and beliefs that feed us with limited notions about ourselves and our capacity, about how much or how little we can expect from life. And all the reasons why, for me, for you, the reality gives us cause not to believe, and not to hope and not to make change. Let's remember though, first comes a thought and from that follows the reality, from that follows the material existence and experience. And so it is in our power to live the life we choose, to live the life we dream and to create the reality that we most aspire to and that our heart and soul most longs for. And so the invitation is to please not give up on it and to hold these rememberings that all that seems to stand in your way is imagination, is not founded in reality. And it's not the positive, creative imagination, expanding, nurturing that we work with at the beginning of the year. It's more the contracting, self-sabotaging imagination that has perhaps run so much of your life and created so much of your life story to date. 
So I've chosen this theme this week as perhaps we start to experience strongly again the old grooves of the mind surfacing so that we might remember that we are the seer of those movements through the mind. We are not the movements themselves. And in this way, we may perhaps remember to be the I in the center of our storm, of the storm of our imaginings. To be the I in the center of the storm of our imaginings. All the disturbance that our mm, reckless, unruly minds can create. It's not that we're going to push anything away or deny it or try to stop it. We're just going to remain in that still center of the seer, the perceiver, remembering who we are in truth. And that no matter how destabilizing life gets and how unsteadying its effects are upon us, there is a part of us which is always untainted by that, always wise and always knowing the best next course of action and the most fulfilling direction for our heart and soul. And so let's be the change we dream of this year. Let's not settle for anything less. Please nurture through your meditation that much love for yourself and for the precious gift of your life. It's not selfish to want the best and the highest for yourself to want the life that you would most dream of. In that wanting, in this work that I want to encourage and inspire you to give to yourself, you will reveal yourself, your best self, not only to yourself, but to the world. Your best self is a gift to the world and your soul's longing is surely in truth to live as that, to live as a gift to this existence. So please look out for practices, transformational practices this week or join us in class because each class, each practice will be dedicated to supporting you, your success on this path to living from the reality of who you truly are and in that living for creating the reality of your highest dreams. Thank you for listening.